for our sponsor, Dog Overboard Adamstown, the fun and healthy place for dogs. Pet Chat on your pet-friendly radio station, 2NURFM 103.7. Too early. Hello, hello. Yes, we're back for Pet Chat. And you know what? It's a special Pet Chat. Dr Kimberly Earl, I believe this is your last show. Not for the year, but... You know, for the foreseeable future. For the foreseeable future, yes. My work schedule is changing, life gets busy, and we're going to take a little break for a while. Well, we're going to miss you. Let's make it a cracking one today. Hello, Daniel Carrington. What are we chatting about today? Look, I've got an interesting topic. So, you know, um, you're going to the gym, Mm. but what do you do with your dog? Oh, I usually leave him at home and he he gives me the sad eyes. (laughs) Well, what if there was a gym, you could actually go to the gym, do your boot camp and all that kind of stuff. I bring your dog with you. Oh, that sounds awesome. I know. Oh, my gosh. That sounds like fun. <laughs> so we're going to talk about that. Well, you can bring your pooch to a training facility, and that way you can be training. Your pooch can be there enjoying watching you train. Every, you know, it's it's, it's um, time effective because it quite is. often we want to train ourselves, but then we've got our dogs at home. Yep. This way, you know, two birds, one stone. That's right. I like it. Hello, Faye in Cahiba. You've got a question for Dr. Kimberly Earl about feeding your cat. Yes, it's not my cat. My daughter's moving and um, I'm cat. looking after the cat. Yes. And she says, yep. and no circumstances I'm allowed to give him any milk. Okay, right. So cats, adult cats, don't need milk. Um, it doesn't do them any benefit. And in lots of cases, it will cause them diarrhea and certainly an upset stomach. It adds extra empty calories. So we would always recommend cats drink water. Um, that's better for them. They do like milk, and some cats will tolerate it. And, of course, you can buy lactose-free pet milk. Um, but I usually tell my clients that, you know, that that's really a treat. It's not It's not meant to be a, a major part of their diet. Um, and it doesn't really add anything nutritionally to, to them. So um, if your daughter is telling you not to feed the cat milk, then just to keep the peace in the family. The cat will not be harmed by no having no milk. And, um, and you know, I think it may or may not be that her cat doesn't tolerate... She might not tolerate milk. It might cause diarrhea and things like that, so... Yes. All right. Well, thank you for that. Because You're very I welcome. understand it. Yeah, no worries. Thanks, Thanks. Faye. 49216216, if you've got a question for Dr. Kimberly Earl. I feel like Faye wanted you to say, yes, you can I give know. the cat she milk. did. I'm sure she did. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Now, Daniel Carrington, uh, we're looking at a great topic. Topic today. I'll let you introduce your next guest, but basically, we can now train with our animals. <laughs> I know we can take our pet to to the gym and do our boot camp. I mean, you know, you're a fan of boot camp. Oh, look, so, now that I'm a reformed person. So yeah. imagine taking Gizmo with you. <laughs> that would be a lot of fun, although he's my little veteran now. I'd have to put him in a pram <laughs> for half of it, I think. <laughs> so, okay, so what I wanted to do is actually talk to Hugo Cranswick from Valkyrie Functional Training Centre about this because he's now opened the doors to bringing your pet while training. Hi, Hugo. Hey, Daniel, how are you? Great. Now, listen, um, this is excellent, excellent that we can, can exercise with our pets. So just tell me a little bit Absolutely. about, say, functional training for the human, I guess. Well, I mean, I guess functional training is means different things to different people. Um, at, at Valkyrie, what we do is help you to do what you do on a daily basis more efficiently, you know, being it going for a surf or maybe helping your mate move house. You know, we help people become better athletes in a way. So what made you decide um, to open the doors to pets, saying to people, well, when you come to the gym, bring your pet? You know, um, a lot of our members are dog people. 
um, especially dogs. You know, everyone loves dogs. And often they were choosing between coming to the gym or going for a walk. Um, we we have two lovely dogs as well, and we always bring them in. So we just thought, hey, why not? Let's just have dogs. And it, it creates a um, an awesome vibe for the gym as well. And there's a lot of little little furry friends running around too. So yeah, it's it's all been good things for us having the dogs in and kind of working out with your best mate. Um, you know, they definitely enjoy the little bit of play if there's other dogs around in the crate too. Do they have but, to yeah, be that, little, Hugo, or can you be? Is there big dogs as well? Uh, we have dogs of all sizes. Um, it, it really depends on who, you know, sometimes we have labs. My, my big girl, Zoe, she's a bruiser. She's big. Um, but we've also got our little dog, Max, too, who runs around. So, yeah, no, any, any size is fine. Um, yeah. And, uh, Hugo, have you found including pets in your gym has helped people keep fit or keep to a routine? Yeah, like, like I mentioned before, they don't really have that excuse to go you know, look after their dog whilst they're training. Like, and we kind of wanted to build that culture where you... Because a, a lot of our guys are from the Mayfield area. Yeah. Um, I know that you guys are in Mayfield too. Um, they love to walk with their dog to, dog to, uh, to our gym from, oh. their, you know, from their house, yep. drop them off, have a session and walk back. Um, and, you know, it's, it's kind of become sort of their routine. You know, you know how you feel. You, you don't want to let your dog down by not giving them a walk. So, um, you know, we just kind of slipped right in there. So um, I love when you come to your your uh, centre, there's a slogan out the front uh, <laughs> yeah. and uh, talking about humans and pets. What's it say? What's the slogan say? So we have a uh, blackboard at the front of our gym and it, it, there's a slogan at the moment with a, a large, rather large dog and it says, if your dog is fat, you're not getting enough exercise. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, but often if the dog's, you know, a little overweight, then possibly the owner's a little overweight. I'm speaking yeah, from you experience, know. you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, lo- I really like that slogan. It makes me cr- crack up every time I see it. Is there yeah, ever any issues funny. with the dogs when they, they're at training, Hugo? Is it quite a harmonious um, atmosphere or can there be a little bit of, you know... Jim Envy, you know, your your body's looking better than mine. I'm not happy with this. <laughs> um, no, there's no real issue. Some dogs um, get a bit restless at times. Um, but we have treats and toys in our dog crate. So we, we have a, a fenced-off area that we usually get the, our members to, you know, pop their dogs in. Um, if there's more than one dog, they like to have a little play. If the dogs, you know, aren't dog people or dog dog dogs, um, we usually get them just to tie them up somewhere else and they can hang out and, and do their thing. Um, but yeah, no, it's usually it's a good vibe. Look, um, Hugo, thank you for your time and letting us know about this uh, new venture here in, in Newcastle. Excellent. <laughs> it sounds like so much fun. I think we'll have to, um, you know, get, very good. get together the pet chat team and get our, you know, pooches <laughs> along and go give it a whirl. What do you reckon? I'd love it. I'd love it. <laughs> I could bring my seven Waimaranas. Oh my god! I think <laughs> you may have the upper hand over my thirteen-year-old Maltese. Mm, there you go. When... I'll touch a sled to them, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. To Kimberly, oh, what are we looking at a little later on today? Well, we thought we would talk about exercising your pet so that um, everybody in the family is getting fit for summer. Ah, beautiful. It's a bit of a theme. Hmm, just before Christmas. Last show, we're a little bit bummed, Kimberly, mm. because how long have you been on the show for? It would be close to five years, I think. Wow. Mm. And, yep. you know, I don't know how many questions you've answered over that time. A lot. <laughs> yeah, a lot. You tried to average it out. But look, let's answer a few more. What Sounds do you think? Sounds good. Yep. We're going to go to Carol in Cessnock. Now, Carol, you've got an 11 year old border collie, but you think that uh, he's starting to get a little out of breath? Yes. Hi. Um, he. 
And he's a happy dog, he's um, good appetite and, and everything, but he puffs a little bit. Yep. I have had him to the vet. Okay. Um, they've done blood and urine and gone over him with a stethoscope. Mm-hmm. They can't find anything the matter with him, but okay. I just find it disturbing that he... You can, you can even puff in front of the air conditioner, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a few different things that can cause that. And some of them aren't problematic. Um, you know, older dogs are often less fit. They're not running around as much. And so that, yeah. then when they do get excited, they might um, take a little bit longer to recover. Um, some of them, particularly if they're a bit heavy, they'll, they'll just be um, hotter. And so they're, you know, panting a bit more or, or breathing a little bit heavier, um, even at rest. And again, can take a little bit longer to, um, to recover after they've had some exercise or excitement um we we do occasionally see some dogs that will have you know breathing issues um that may have subtle signs of disease that we won't identify without things like x-rays or ultrasounds so um enlargement of their liver or spleen which can put pressure on their lungs and then um, cross the diaphragm or (laughs) sometimes um it can be you know something actually in the chest um a little bit of heart disease usually you're going to hear a murmur your your vet would normally get a murmur from that but um th- there's a few different things i guess you know maybe work on fitness initially um and if you're still worried about it and certainly if he starts to cough or uh anything like that then you know i would recommend some chest x-rays with your vet oh okay 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 yes i just didn't know whether i should be extremely concerned slightly concerned yeah I don't think you need to be extremely concerned I mean quite often it's just that these older dogs start to breathe a little bit heavier we will sometimes see um, increased panting if he's got a bit of arthritis and they might show that they don't whinge and whine and complain about it but sometimes we will see increased level of yeah so sometimes that's enough to just make them pant a little bit more it's a little bit more effort um, if they're a bit stiff and sore Okay. Okay. Well, thank you very much for that. You're very welcome. Good on you, Carol. She's done all the right things as well. She's seen her vet and, yeah, is getting another opinion. We're going to go to Cherie now in Dunn's Creek. You want to know why dogs lick, Cherie? No, I want to know why they lick me. Why they lick (laughs) you? Okay. Um, I've got my my puppy's a little bit of a licker and stops, but I've got a friend of mine's dog who will lick my sh- from my shoulder to my hand and will just continually lick until I like like stop 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 and she'll just want to keep licking and I've got other friends dogs that will just lick at my legs and my okay. hands and right am I producing something that like I don't know, well, pheromone or Yeah, I mean, it's quite possible. Yeah, I mean, there may be something about about a pheromone that you're producing. Might be that you have um, saltier skin that, um, you know, than other people. Dogs love salt. Um, and so that's not an uncommon sort of thing. Uh, particularly, I know when I used to um, come back from a run or come back from the gym, my dog thought that that was like, hoo-hoo, it's like popsicles time, you know. You come in and start to lick exactly, your legs. Yeah, even strange yeah. dogs will lick me. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it certainly might be something that, yeah, pheromone-based, you know something that they're picking up their, their sense of smell is certainly a lot um, more attuned and acute than ours is so uh, might be something that they're picking up that nobody else is um, it, we, we typically consider it to be an appeasement behavior but you know if you're finding that you've got random dogs walking up to you and licking you that's probably more that there's something they're attracted to it might be a bit like mozzies you know how they say some people are really attracted yeah uh, mozzies that's, are really attracted to them vitamin D. Yeah. yeah so um, you know it might be might be something like that that the dogs are picking up 
Interesting. Uh, Sheree, I'd start to get worried if humans were coming up and looking at you. That's the real worry. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah, Sheree just tastes nice. Maybe. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Thank you very much for that. No worries. Thanks. I didn't know about the mozzies, that that was an overproduction of vitamin D because they always attack that. my dad and I, okay. if anywhere, at a barbecue, but they leave my brother and mother alone. Mm. Isn't that interesting? It's interesting, yeah. Yeah, there you go. We've learned something too today. We have yeah. learned something, really. Really interesting. Uh, we're going to go to Steve now in Raymond Terrace. Oh, your dog doesn't have very good eating uh, had habits at the moment, Steve. Uh, uh, <laughs> I couldn't quite well. spit that out, could I? <laughs> uh, no, it doesn't. He's eating his own uh, fishes. Oh, lovely. Okay. Is this a, yeah. um, a new habit? Oh, he's been doing it for a couple of months now. Mm, okay, and it's a young uh, dog or older dog, or it's a young dog. It's about seven, seven, seven months old. Yeah. Okay. So listen, it, it's a dog thing. Um, it's not really a problem if he's on a good, well-balanced dog food. He's he's unlikely yeah. to have any sort of nutritional deficiencies. Dogs like things that are stinky, um, and we certainly will see it sometimes in submissive dogs. If they, you know, if the other dogs in the neighborhood, they're trying to pick up and hide their own, um, you know, their own scent. But realistically, it, it's probably just that dogs like to eat dead, stinky things. You know, kitty crunchies out of the cat box is a really common thing as well, and yeah. some dogs. Just just have yeah, a habit of eating their own. And, uh, is eating that, yeah. yeah. So um, usually our recommendation is try to pick it up as it's as it's getting dropped down, yeah, so that they're not getting it. Trying to yeah, and make sure he's really well wormed. So standard worming yes. recommendations yeah, for yeah, adult yeah. dogs every three months, but um, keep your eye on that. Every every so often. Good. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So and and. Uh, like the other caller, my my dog loves to lick my toes. Yes, your toes. Yeah, I'm glad it's not your mouth. That that's probably <laughs> that's probably more the um the be, the appeasement behaviour that we were talking about. You know, where he's trying yeah. to show that he's you know sort of subordinate to you, and he's um, offering up his his you know best wishes with some some licking of your toes. That's a pretty common thing. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, Thank yeah. you. <laughs> All right, then. No worries. Thanks, Good luck Steve. with that. <laughs> Thank you. I'd just love to know the, the mouth condition of the mm. he's going out, you know, eating what he eats and then comes in and has a good toe lick. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> a delicious, oh. a delicious diet. We it feels just... like you've stepped into some droppings. Is <laughs> that what you're trying to say? <laughs> Barefoot. <laughs> Oh, I'm going to remove the foot from the mouth now. <laughs> it is our number. We're talking pet chat. Uh, now, Kimberly, in just a couple of minutes, we're going to have a look at um, some things to do with our animals. Exercising our animals and getting them fit for summer. And it's not just related to dogs. No, no, absolutely. Cats, rabbits, birds. Tony, you're in Cardiff. This doesn't sound good. Your dog's left side is, is caving in. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, it's my son's dog, and it's a, a nine-year-old Staffy, and we took it to the vet, and he said it's probably just a, a muscle that's been hit or knocked, and, it, and it's collapsed, but mm-hmm. it's gone from a, a little dent to a, a sort of a very big dent, you know, like it's, uh, and it doesn't look very good at all. What part of the body uh, is it on, sorry? On the, the left-hand side, uh, around her eye, between her eye and her ear. So it's on her head? Yeah, on a head, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, that's usually where the um, temporalis muscle is, or if it's on the cheek, it's the masseter muscle. Um, and there are certainly some neuropathies or, or 
um, conditions of the nerves that sur- surround and supply the head that can um, can cause that sort of thing. Um, yep. If it's only on one side, it's likely to be you know something just affecting the, the nerve to that side. And it's basically a muscle atrophy. So the muscle isn't probably the problem. It's usually the nerve su- supplying the muscle. So it right. depends on how th- these sorts of things are quite challenging to diagnose. And if she's functionally well and it's not hurting her... Um, you know, quite yeah, often... It doesn't we... seem to hurt her. It doesn't seem to worry her yeah. at all. Um, probably just her eyesight. Her eye doesn't look that good now because it's... Because it's turning of... out a bit? Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so... Blood trotting sort of around the edges. But, yeah. Uh... These sorts of problems often require advanced imaging to get right down to the bottom, and we're looking for something affecting the nerve sheath. So, um, you know, from a general practice standpoint, hard to get a real firm diagnosis telling you what's going on. Um, But if that's something that you wanted to pursue... Um, then you yeah. want to speak to your vet about a um, your vet, sorry, about a specialist referral um, and for some diagnostic imaging that's um, a little bit more advanced. So often we're looking at CTs or MRIs um, yeah. to try to work out what's going on. In an older dog, um, you know, I guess some of the things that we worry about is nerve, nerve sheath tumors and those sorts of things causing um, causing a lack of innervation to that muscle, uh, and it's not usually a problem unless they're starting to lose function so we can't open yep. and close our mouth properly to eat or we can't swallow properly or we're starting to cough because we're not able to um, control our airways and protect our airways very well um, so you know I think if if you haven't got the um, answer you're looking for um, you know ask for a referral somewhere from your local vet and um, and see about getting yeah. some more testing no, done. Right. See, I, was just, I was just worried that you know it's, it doesn't seem to affect her mm-hmm. but uh, I didn't want it to, to suffer or you no know, that's but, right uh, and sort of pass a message on to my son and, and, and see what he says. But, Sounds uh, good. Yeah, he actually had it for nine years and you don't like to see a dog suffer. So no, that's right. That's right. That's right. Sure right, so. Yeah, got to look after these old girls. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. thanks. No thanks for calling, Thank Tony. So, by the sounds of that, Kimberly, though, it doesn't shorten the lifespan of the animal. Well, it can it can depend on what the what the root cause is. Right. So sometimes it's relatively benign. Other times it's an early symptom of a more serious condition um, that's happening in the central nervous system or the or the spinal cord. So, um, but you know, from a general practice standpoint, all of the usual easy testing that we do is not really suited to pick up that kind of thing very well. Right. Um, so it can be, and particularly if it's only on one side. So if it's generalised and it's happening on both sides, then we look for um, you know, various things that might cause weight loss and muscle loss. But if it's only on one side, it's, it's a bit trickier. We've got to be a bit more targeted in our approach. So. Okay. Hmm. We're talking about exercise now and our animals. Yeah, so summertime's coming, and um, I loved the, uh, the speaker that Danny had um, on. I think getting your, you know, going to the... Uh, the gym with your pet is a fantastic idea. It was such a um, great idea, wasn't and, it? And I think exercising our pets over summer is something that's really important and everybody likes to do and I hear it all time and time again people will tell me oh we've all gained a bit of weight over winter but summer's coming and we're all going to get fit now and I hope that that happens for all of our pets so some of the things to keep in mind about safely exercising your pets over summer is particularly if they haven't been exercising through the winter and the spring is that we want to build these guys up gradually again over a few weeks so um, just like you and I when we start a new exercise program an intensive exercise program if we um, go out 
out and we work really, really hard, we haven't done anything in weeks and months, um, you're going to be really sore and stiff. And that can happen with our dogs as well. So we always want to build them up gradually. Start with a walk or a short run um, and and go from there. And, and, you know, every three to five days you can increase the amount of intensity. We would prefer dogs get regular moderate level of exercise rather than nothing at all through the week and then go out and be a real weekend warrior and work really, really hard on the weekend and then have to spend the first three or four days of the week recovering from their weekend bash about. So um, ideally, you know, try to keep it a little bit more consistent. Um, We need to tailor the exercise to our pet. Um, So that's your, if if you've got a dog, um, we need to sort of go, okay, well, I've got um, an old patient or an old pet who might be a little bit more stiff and sore. If you've got a um, a squashy face breed, so a brachycephalic dog, like a pug or a bulldog, um, you're going to need to be really careful about the heat um, that's happening at the time of day that you're exercising them because those dogs can get into some really big trouble if we're exercising them too hot. Um, If you have a cat, you know, obviously exercising cats is really different to exercising dogs. So we're not taking... Um, cats out on leashes very often. Um, some people do, but doesn't they don't tend to walk on leashes that well. Um, so, but there's lots of things we can do with our cats. We can um, play chasey games with them. You know, uh, strings on the end of sticks. We can hide food around the house and um, little biscuit food. And instead of just feeding them out of bowl, make them jump up onto different shelf levels and things like that to find their food. That's a really easy way to exercise a cat. You have to teach them a little bit how to do that, um, but they love that. Um, with rabbits, I've got people who do fantastic um, enrichment but also exercise for their rabbits so um, you know with their hay instead of just putting a handful of hay in the bottom of the cage they'll um, thread a handful of hay through a, an empty paper um, towel or toilet paper tube okay and string that up from a like a little clothesline that's sort of um, just above the rabbit's head so that the rabbit has to stand up on their back legs and reach <laughs> up to idea. get the hay and that's really good for the um, for their back muscles to give them the opportunity to stand up and stretch and reach and that can be really helpful and, and often um, you know gives them something to entertain themselves as well so that's really good back to our dogs we want to think about not just walking and jogging and running but swimming is a fantastic exercise for dogs and particularly if you do have an older dog getting them to the beach or to the lake um, don't force them to swim but if your dog is one who likes to swim um, getting them out and you know getting them to do a little bit of um, of shore work so that they're running through the shore but also then get them to, to go out and fetch a ball or get them out you know and, and swimming and that's a really low impact activity that can be very good particularly if they've had any um, uh, sort of knee problems or, or things like that can be really helpful. Kimberly, with the elder dogs when do we know that um, enough is enough because Gizmo loves to come for a walk mm-hmm. for example uh, but I have noticed after a couple of walks he looks to be limping so yeah. I always put him in the pram now after about five minutes yeah, so uh, let him have a sniff and then he goes in. <laughs> Yeah. Again, it, it's going to be really dependent on the individual dogs. And I find that owners are pretty in tune to what their dogs will um, will cope with. Um, but I think we can still, even with those older dogs, you often can still build them up a little bit. But you've got to go really slowly and gradually um, and making sure that, you know, that we're not overdoing it. And dogs are a bit silly. So I know with my old dog, yeah, they she, she would have chased a ball until she literally collapsed if I would have let her. And so you have to just sort of, you know, bring that back and go, OK, you can have one or two chases of the ball and then we'll just go for a nice little toodle and, and go from there. So be be kind and gentle with those older dogs and if you think that they are um, suffering or struggling um, after exercise then speak to your local vet because there's lots of really good things we can do for arthritis pain for older dogs these days and keeping them active is actually better than letting them just sit at home and rest. We know that keeping them a bit mobile will actually um, lessen their pain over time as long as we're not going too hard. It's good to know. Now he-
is a familiar voice. Welcome, Cheryl Shaw. Normally you're in the studio, but today you've given us a call. I have. I'm very busy at work, Sarah, but I thought I'd just take the opportunity to say thank you and farewell to Kimberly. Oh, thanks, oh, Cheryl. Lovely. Thank uh, you're you. certainly going to be missed, Kimberly, and it's been lovely working with you on air, and I'll miss waving to your mum as well. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I know. She's Kim, can Kimberly's <laughs> mum please keep listening so I'm we sure can, you know, give you a wave each week? Because we're going to miss that. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Cheryl. It's been lovely to be uh, on the air with you, and lots of fun. Yep. Thank you so much and all the best. Thank bye you. Bye. Uh, bye, Cheryl. Isn't she lovely? I can hear all the dogs barking in the background. In the background. I think they wanted to say farewell <laughs> as well, Kimberly. Look, um, while we've got time, you know, let's take, you know, one of your last Another calls. Call. Yeah. Uh, Stan in Fullerton Cove, your dog has a furball. That's right. <laughs> a furball, okay. What's happening? Well, it sounds like. I've got a 14-year-old um, Jack Russell Terrier. Yes. And it sounds like she's got a furball because she constantly coughs. Yeah. You know, saliva and that up. Yeah, cough, cough, now, gag, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Now, we know it's not kennel cough because she's never been in a kennel in her life. Okay. That doesn't necessarily uh, guarantee that, but it's probably not kennel cough. What we find, a lot of small breed um, elderly dogs will have something that um, the technical term is dynamic airway disease, but it's often a softening of the large airway, so the trachea that goes into the um, lungs. And often in these older dogs, that will soften up, and instead of staying open as a nice wide open tube, it sort of squashes down and becomes floppy, and the elastic band along the top of it sort of sags down into the middle. And so the little dogs often feel like they don't have a completely open airway, Way. And so they end up with this sort of reactive trachea where they, um, they're sort of coughing to clear the airway. And there's not actually anything blocking it except that the airway space seems a bit smaller. Um, in conjunction with that, a lot of them will get some airway inflammation. So it's sort of, you know, when you have a cold, you cough um, or flu, you cough and the cough makes you cough more yeah. and it becomes a vicious circle and that happens a lot with these little older dogs so there's there's a few other things like heart disease that are possible but what i would typically do is say go in have her checked out by your local vet um, mention the coughing uh, quite often when i'm in consult with an older um, an older dog i can put a little bit of pressure on the trachea and right away i get a reflex cough and they're just sort of a bit more reactive there but there are some really nice things that we can do um, for them almost asthma type medications or cough suppressants that can help it's never going to go away completely because their their body and their airway tubes are actually physically changing a bit um, but we can often sort of cut the coughing down and sort of get them out of those coughing fits and um, often these dogs will cough more when they're sort of excited or nervous or anxious things like that you've come home from work and they're super happy to see you and then they get into a big coughing fit yeah yeah that sounds about right yeah uh, and she's been to, we've had it to the vet and the vet's done all the checks and balances and everything yep and he put her on some medication yep um, but that didn't seem to do anything for her. Hasn't helped, yeah. There's a few, I mean, go back, go back and say, listen, what we've tried hasn't worked. Have you got anything else? Because I, I would often go through a process of trying two or three different things till I hit upon the right one that works for that particular patient. The important thing to know is that if there's no underlying heart disease there, usually it's not dangerous. It's just annoying for you to have to listen to her coughing. But it's not usually um, dangerous or painful. Um, it's just, a, you know, a bit of an old dog sort of cough thing in most cases. 
Rogers. Thank you so much for your call. Now, before we go, we do need to have a look at our dogs of the week. Uh, we've got two beautiful dogs today. Ellie, who's a one-year-old American Staffy. Now, we've got a great photo of her on the beach That's having a bit fun. of a play. Yep. So she is one years of age. Uh, she's looking for a foster carer or, even better, a new forever home. She's a medium to high energy level dog, very social and loving, and she gets along well with large or small dogs, which is great. Uh, she enjoys regular walks, which we've been t- chatting about, by your side, and a good game of tug of war. Uh, she'll be best suited in a more experienced home as she's not learned some of the basics of behaviour, like not jumping on people. So she obviously needs a little bit of training done, yep. a little bit of work a there. Bit of work. And Aztec, who is a six-month-old cattle dog, German Shepherd, uh, he's looking for a home as well. He's a big boy. He was going to be when he's fully grown. He's already 26 kilos. Wowzers, but he looks beautiful. (laughs) Yeah, so he's looking for someone that loves lots of cuddles because apparently he's super, super cuddly. So if you're in the market for a new animal, then please uh, have a look at these two wonderful dogs that do need a home. You can do that at 2NURFM.com. Dr. Kimberly Earl, I think that's just about it for us. Just about there. Thank you so much for uh, being such a wonderful vet and giving so much wonderful advice over the last seven years, did you say? Five. Uh, five, I think. Oh, five. Oh, my yeah. goodness. You've yeah. been brilliant. We're going to miss you so much. Thank you. I've had a fantastic time. It's been a really lovely time here. Well, you take care and no doubt Thank we'll you. speak to you soon. It is Pet Chat. We will be back same time next week. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.